Welcome to the show. We have a great one today. It's going to be sick. We've got two alums from our In Your Face Game of the Week, Virginia Loyola. We've got on today Tim McGinney, Loyola grad, and Garth Apelt, Virginia grad. Uh, as always, on a Saturday morning, we're going to go do our picks, um, and we're going to run down using Lax Vegas Lines. We actually have an announcement uh, that we're going to do later on early next week about future shows, so stick with us in regards to that. But this is going to be a beauty. Uh, we're going to run through our lines. But first, let's introduce our panel. As always, we've got Andy Towers. And then we yes. have Tim McGinney, three-time All-American out of Loyola. And we have Garth Apel, two-time All-American out of Virginia, also a Team USA U19 uh, player as well. Garth, we'll start with you. What are you kind of doing today for our listeners out there? A lot's been spoken about, you know, obviously you were a very decorated player uh, during your time playing for Virginia, uh, but it's always cool to see what are you doing now? Garth, what are you up to these days? Well, the last uh, 13 years, I have been living in New Canaan, Connecticut, and the only reason that I came to this town was because... I'm sorry to hear that, by the way. I'm very, very sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only reason I came here was because it, uh, when we played in a U-19 All-Star game uh, against the Ivy League All-Stars, we played a scrimmage at Wilton High School, and I stayed with yep. Andy Towers, and uh, we actually lost that game. That was the only game we ever lost um, to... Uh, to a team that had Tom Towers on it, I think, right, Andy? Yeah, it uh, did, and and and... Boyd and I think Boyd played as well. I don't know, but I do yeah. remember us getting uh, into an altercation at an intersection that night, Garth. Remember cross shaft? May or may not have happened. But I was lucky enough to meet. I was lucky <laughs> enough to meet Andy Towers, and um, I played with him. It was a privilege to play with him in Australia. We won the the first U nineteen championship in nineteen eighty eight, and um, yes, we he did. went to. He went to college with my wife, and I moved to New Canaan because of him. And, and when I got here, he was uh, coaching. I, I don't even know where you were coaching at the time. I don't think it was at Dartmouth yet, but in 2003. But um, he told me to get right. involved with the youth program, and I started coaching. And um, I ended up becoming the president of the New Canaan Lacrosse Association. And, and now our 2017 class is a uh, is probably one of our best classes ever. Andy has gotten yep. to coach the team with my uh, father actually in the summertime, which is a uh, yep. kind of a cool thing. And um, and my dad, Big John, Big Poppy, uh, he actually coached Timmy McGinney in high school, I think. Uh, yes, for a good absolutely. Yep, coached <laughs> me and uh, and all my brothers. And uh, and Big George, who was a world team player, probably one of the fiercest guys I've ever seen. I played uh, at Virginia, and one of our coaches was a guy named Mike Caravana. And um, Virginia Dennison. played at <laughs> – yes, Dennison coach. And um, uh, Mike – Virginia played at UMBC one year, and I think Mike couldn't move his left arm. For like <laughs> <one after>. <laughs> <laughs> After the game, and, and and still talks about that game as and says that the scaredest he's ever been on a lacrosse field. But so yeah, I've been doing a lot of youth stuff, coaching uh, Eclipse Lacrosse, um, helped start that with uh, 
a bunch of people here in New Canaan, and Andy's been involved um, very heavily with that. And and one of my big passions is kind of trying to get the the rules of the game and youth lacrosse kind of solidified and, and get U.S. lacrosse to, to really kind of step forward. They've started to do that, which I think can only be uh, a good thing. Um, it's kind of crazy when fifth graders in Yorktown, which is 12 miles away, have long poles and, and have three-step hitting. And in, in our league, we have, in our league, we have, we have one step hitting in eighth grade. Um, and I don't even know when they long poles come in in seventh or something. So, Anyway, that's about it. I'll let Timmy talk. Great. Thanks, Garth. Um, I actually just uh, moved back to uh, Pennington, New Jersey, which is uh, where my uh, my wife is originally from. Spent the last three years down in the hotbed of lacrosse, Memphis, Tennessee, coaching <laughs> a... Uh, <laughs> Coaching a, a program, uh, uh, it's 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 best known for the movie The Blind Side. It's where Michael Orr attended school, Briarcrest Christian. So I had an opportunity to uh, maintain my full-time job as a portfolio manager for an investment advisory firm here in New Jersey, and move my family, my wife, and our two kids down to uh, down to Memphis, and uh, ran a program for three years. So that was a uh, something I'd always wanted to do. Uh, had the uh, an awesome experience. Our kids went to uh, went to Briarcrest and did that uh, for three years, and that was encapsulating everything. I was coaching the third and fourth grade team, overseeing fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, and then uh, coaching uh, the JV and varsity programs. And uh, uh, you actually have a, have a, a, some some really good talent. One of my players actually just uh, signed a, a national letter of intent to play football at Tennessee. So uh, there's some great athletes down there. Oh, absolutely. Great. He would be, he could, if, if he grew up here, I, I I told him he would, uh, he would be a division one athlete uh, at uh, on the lacrosse field. Uh, He could probably play short stick D midi for any one of the schools that we're going to talk about today, but uh, did that for three years, moved back. Hey, Jimmy, real quick, real quick before you finish, just to interrupt because I have an attention span deficiency. Can you uh, (laughs) parallel that kid who's going to Tennessee to play football from an athlete slash player in our generation, our, our era of players from sort of in late eighties to mid nineties, who would you, who would you say that this player that, that is going to Tennessee to play football reminded you most of as, as uh, from a guy from our generation, John Reese, if he, wow. if so he, he's a if he like could, that. yeah, if he could have now, again, he wasn't as he was tall. He's six two, probably a bit faster than John. But I mean, he's a throwback. You know, when yeah. I saw him play, he was just the midi that you could keep out on the field. I mean, we didn't have a lot of numbers, right. so our midfielders. It was old school lacrosse. It was Lars Tiffany. It's guys, let's just play lacrosse. It's a player's right. game. Go out there and play. Now again, he didn't have the stick skills, you know, because he'd only been playing. My first year down there was his first year of lacrosse. He had never played it before. But if you give him maybe four more years and and get him in the weight room, I mean, he he's going to go to Tennessee as a as an athlete. He's going to play either That's defensive sick. back or wide receiver or slot <laughs> receiver or return man. But that's who he reminds me of. He or you know, Got I played it. with the Bobby. I played with the Bobby Curry, uh, who was yep. who did all the little things as well. Didn't wear arm pads. Number two. Was, that was, was number two. The little, the little short. Absolutely. Number two. Absolutely. Yep. Was just an animal. Tough as hell, that guy. Which, Played every face-off, was our, you know, before you specialized, he was our short stick D-midi, played offense, scored goals, did a little bit of everything. So 
Yeah, uh, yeah it was just, so it was a tremendous opportunity. We moved back here. I'm actually now doing, and if anybody wants to uh, jump in, I'm, uh, I'm doing for the uh, Lafayette Leopards. I'm doing all of their games. I'm doing play-by-play and color. All the, uh, wow. The, the, La- the Lafayette games this year, they actually have a wonderful platform, the, uh, the Lafayette Sports Network, and that's in partnership with the Patriot League, powered by uh, you know, various, uh, what is it? The campus insiders, I believe. Yeah. Got to get that yeah, plug. Yeah. Got to get that, got to get that plug in. Uh, so yeah. I'm doing that and just helping out. I do some things uh, with project nine and, and do a lot of uh, player development, uh, give some presentations to schools talking about leadership and, you know, what it really means to be a, a well-rounded student athlete. So that's it on my end. Awesome. That's incredible. Uh, incredible backgrounds from both players uh, or former players. Uh, still giving back to the game, which is awesome. Uh, but let's get right into it, gentlemen. This is the you know the best part of the week for Andy and I, and and making picks the culmination of the week. But let's start with the non top twenty picks, which are simply uh, lines that Las Vegas uh, lines pumps out that are not in the top twenty. First up, we've got Detroit. Heading to Columbus, Ohio to play Ohio State. Detroit is getting six and a half, which means Ohio State is favored by six and a half goals on the road. The over under here is 21 and a half. Uh, we will start with Garth. Uh, Garth, what is your thoughts on this one? Uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure that Ohio State will be ready for this game. Um, it's a lot of points, but um, I think I'm going to go with Ohio State. I've got a feeling this year that these guys are going to bring it together and, and challenge it. I mean, I think the Big Ten is going to be huge this year. It's going to be some. This is the year for for them to really step into the spotlight, and and uh, I'm going to take Ohio State. How about the over under on there, Carth? Twenty-one and a half. Twenty-one and a half. I'm gonna go with 21 and a half. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Ohio State. Oh, the over under. I'll over. take. I'll go the over. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Tim, what do you got? I'm gonna go in this matchup. I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. Uh, you know, early season. Uh, I'll go with Detroit. Uh, again, six six points. I'll, I'll take those. I'll take those points, and uh, I'll also take the over. Awesome. AT, who do you got? Uh, I am not impressed with Ohio State's offense. Uh, I'm impressed with the team. You know, I think Nick does an unbelievable job. They got a stud faceoff guy. Uh, but I think that the goalie for Detroit is going to show up, not to the point where they end up knocking off the Buckeyes. I don't see that happening. But I do see them covering six and a half goals. And so the Detroit goalie and what I think in the early season is a, uh, is a uh, offense that hasn't found their stride yet. I'm going to take the under. So I got Detroit and the under. I'm going to do very much the same. I'm going to do the same because I do think this game is going to mimic a lot like we saw uh, last night, Duke high point. I think that Detroit's going to come out and they're going to junk it up. They're going to zone it up. They're going to slow the pace of this game down. I do think their goalie in cage is a stud and he has the ability to uh, make a lot of saves. 
which should also keep the score low. And I do think while Ohio State uh, is and I do agree with what Garth said, this is the Big Ten's year. Uh, I really yep. do think that they're going to come in heavy. Um, I've got Ohio State on the win, but not enough to cover six and a half. That is a large spread uh, simply because Detroit doesn't want to get it to that high of a score. So I got you, AT, and I have uh, Detroit plus six and a half, and I have the under as well. Next up on the docket, we have Boston University traveling only 30 minutes away to UMass Lowell. BU is favored by four and a half goals, and the over-under here is 18 and a half. Uh, Garth, rolling it back to you. What do you got here? I like uh, Boston U and the under. That's what I'm going with. Boston U and the under on this one. Good. Timmy, what do you got? Yeah, you know, I, I like Boston as well. We'll see what happens uh, at the face-off X. I think Boston's got an unheralded goalie as well. So I am also going to take Boston and the under. AT, hey, what do you got? Uh, you know what? There's an opportunity to stick out here, but I'm not confident enough to do it. So <laughs> I am right in line with these two guys. I like Eddie Stevenson a lot as a coach. I think he's one of the best coaches out there, and I think he's going to have his guys ready to play. Uh, I'm not sure that Sam Talco will be facing out. He's healthy and facing off for BU. Um, but I do trust Carson Bannister in the net to hold them down. And so I also like BU and the under. I, I see this one's tough. I'm going with... You Lowell here. I am going to take the opportunity here. I am down on picks with AT over the course of the last couple of weeks. So I've got to gain some ground here. Uh, I'm going with UMass Lowell to cover here. And I've got also the over as well. Uh, the Ooh. hyphenator is going to do, mm. the hyphenator is going to do great things in cage this year, <laughs> as we know. Uh, hyphenator. And, and the hyphenator. The hyphenator. And Sam Talco, as we know, regardless of whether he's hurt or not, is going to do well at the face-off X. Uh, I think that BU in general, uh, even though they have uh, you know, young leadership and a lot of juniors, um, they, they are going to get more and more experience. These are games like Providence. They're local um, that will put BU into a test early on. But I do have a lot of faith in Ed Stevenson. He's gaining ground over there at U Lowell. Uh, and you just never know the next new guy he's going to have from up north because he's doing a lot of recruiting up there. So I've got U Lowell to cover this. And I definitely have the over. I see a 10-11, 10-12 kind of game. Next Stop up. hyphenating your lap. Stop hyphenating your names out there. All right, settle down. Yeah. No, no. But we, general. The, pick one. Okay, pick one. Pick one. <laughs> pick one. He's officially the hyphenator from now on, though. So I like, I like that it. nickname for him. He's a good goalie, and he deserves it. Uh, so we got two others. We got Lehigh, Lehigh Jacksonville, Bucknell Bryant. We'll start with Lehigh Jacksonville. We've got Lehigh going to Florida. I feel like this is a trap game, gentlemen. Lehigh is favored by three and a half goals, and the over-under is 21. Garth, coming back to you, what are your thoughts on here? Um, I, I'm kind of um, torn here just because I, I know how Lehigh plays, and they're you know, ex- extremely disciplined and, and have you know, big grinders. But I'm, you know, I, I think this whole Jacksonville thing can really take off. And I, I think they're going to come out with a brand of lacrosse that we haven't seen for a while from these guys. I mean, it's a bit like Virginia 
sure it's a work in progress, but I'm going to go with Jacksonville on the over. I think I think something's going to – there's some good thing that's going to go on down there. I mean, you just – just take a look at their website. They're all jumping around, and they've got all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> and I know that they're loosey goosey. I mean, that locker room is going to be is going to. I mean, I'm getting phone calls from people trying to recruit Connecticut kids down there. I'm just. I'm not sure they have. We've got the right kind of kids for them. We're not a little bit too tight up here, but um, I'm going with Jacksonville in the over. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Tim, what do you got here? I'm going to stick with the Patriot League foe, Lehigh. Oh, and, uh, I, go, I knew you'd do it. it. I knew you'd do it. I, I, <laughs> I am. Co- Coach Cassis, I, I think we'll have the boys ready to play. They're going to be glad to get out of the Lehigh Valley and get into some sunshine. Can't wait to see what happens down at Jacksonville. Uh, it's great for the game. Uh, but uh, today I'm going to take Lehigh and the under. Hey, Interesting. Um, I, I, I like uh, – I agree with what Gar's saying. I think that Jacksonville is going to be uh, a team on the rise, but I'm not positive that this early in the season they're going to have. And if this game was played toward the end of the year and the Jacksonville team had, you know, 10, 12 games under their belt, under those two guys, Galloway and Casey Powell, I think that this game, I, I would take Jacksonville at the end of the year, but I'm not positive that they're going to be able to get it done on the defensive end here. While John Galloway is a great coach, he's not actually going to be in goal for them. And I think they're <laughs> going to have trouble holding down Lehigh. I do think they're going to play fast. I think they're going to push it in transition. And I think they're going to be able to score goals on Lehigh, but I don't think they're going to be able to hold Lehigh down enough to cover three and a half. I see like a 15 to 10 victory. So I've got Lehigh and I've got the over. I've got, I am enamored by the website. I'm going to take Jacksonville here. I think they're, they're, Have I you think seen they're EJ Thurman? EJ Thurman is 6'4", 225. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we got, we got, uh, I got Jacksonville here uh, taking the points, and I've got the over as well. Um, the assumption is here that if, Jacksonville wants to lead the country in shots and ground balls in the year. Well, they're going to have to scrap it up and get lots of shots. Hopefully they're not shooting at 10% and they're shooting at somewhere north of 25. Uh, and my prediction comes true here. Uh, so I've got Jacksonville on the points and I've got the over as well. Next one up, another Patriot League contest or Patriot League team in here, Tim. I wonder who you're going to go with. Gonna I know. With- we'll see. <laughs> We're going to start with uh, Garth here, but Bucknell at home, favored by two and a half points um, versus the Bryant Bulldogs of Smithtown, Rhode Island. Uh, 23 and a half is the over-under. Very high over-under on this one. Uh, Garth, what do you got here? Well, I talked to the guys down in Charlottesville, and um, and they said that this Bucknell team was a damn good team. And, and In fact, I think Bucknell beat Virginia – um, they scored most of their goals in the in the fourth quarter when there's subbing going on. But for the most part, I got f- uh, a pretty good feeling from from the UVA coaches and and players actually that um, Bucknell was a legit team. So I'm going to go with Bucknell, and I'm actually going to go with the over. I think that Bucknell is a is a scoring uh, machine. If they can score 14 goals on on UVA, and you know four and a half quarters. I think they're, I think they can score, you know, maybe the same against Bryant. 
So I'm going to go, go Bucknell in the over. Perfect. Kim, you know, I, think, I think Bucknell has uh, one of my favorite goalies to watch, uh, Clipstein. So uh, no surprise here. I'm going to take Bucknell, and uh, I'm going to go with the over. Wow. Yeah, word is that word is he was he was phenomenal down in Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, uh, that's, he's that's Clippers. That's Clippers' little brother. That's that, that's Clipstein's little brother, right? The littlest one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I I agree with both of these guys. I think that Will Sands is a first team All American candidate, uh, and if Bucknell can get to the quarterfinals, I think that he's got a great shot at getting that. I think he's he's one of the best, you know five, six attackmen in the country. I really do. Uh, I also agree with Timmy. I love the Bucknell goalie. I also love the Bucknell faceoff guy, although he's going to have his hands full against Kenny Massa, who is a stud for Bryant. Um, so I, I, the fact that they're playing at home, I think that I, I, I think that their offense is explosive as well. They return a ton of players. Um, I like Bucknell to score uh, about – 13 goals, um, and I can see them holding Bryant to 9, 10 goals. I, I'm going to go Bucknell, but I'm going to take the under. 23 and a half is a big number. Uh, so I got Bucknell and the under. I have very much the same with AT here. I've got Bucknell taking this down, but I think 23 and a half is very large. They scored 14 goals against Delaware to beat them at the very end of the game, but the pace of the game was an 11-7, 11-8 type of game. I can see that uh, Bryant's defense is very good. Um, very good. And you're going to have and you're going to have a battle at the faceoff X. Um, which I think slows this pace down. Plus, Bucknell is notorious for 10-man riding, which naturally mm-hmm. slows down the game, believe it or not. So I've got Bucknell covering two and a half, but I definitely have the under in this. Last one of the non-top 20 games, we've got Robert Morris at home in Pittsburgh versus the Kentucky Bellman squad, the Knights. Uh, Robert Morris is currently uh, favored by three goals. Uh, the over-under here is 24 goals. This will probably be a shootout, but I will let Garth speak for himself. Garth, let us know your pick. I have to tell you, I just this is one I, I don't have a lot of uh, feel for. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Robert. to the whim of the people who request these lines. That's what's, that's what's I'm going to go Robert Morris and the under. Okay. Tim, what do you got? All right, I'll go with uh, I'll go with our boys in Kentucky, and I will take the over. Eight. All right. Uh, I think three is too much for RMU. Uh, so I've got Bellarmine, and again with all the Canadians on RMU, the game's going to be played fast. I got Bellarmine in the over. You've got Bellarmine plus three. And the over. Is that correct, AT? That's correct. I have Robert Morris. This is going to be a five, six goal game win. And I've got this somewhere around 30 goals. Uh, so wow. I have this as the over. Robert Morris, if they don't, um, if they definitely beat the spread, it's going to be by five or six goals. They might get to 20 themselves. And it's not to yeah. say that Bellman's not a good team, but I just don't think the gap is going to close, but it's going to be somewhere north of 
uh, 25 goals. That's what I got. So we are off. Before we get into the top 20, I'm going to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Sisu Mouthguards. Uh, I had the opportunity to go to the U.S. lacrosse convention, and we were set up with Sisu in our booth. And it was incredible to see how kids out there, like, know what a mouthpiece is. It's like kind of like gloves. Uh, it's incredible. This mouthpiece is uh, it's $20. Um, it molds to your mouth, obviously, like any others. But the cool thing is, is it sticks to your mouth so you can actually talk with it. You can drink. You can do all that stuff. You don't need to ever take it out of your mouth, which is huge. And the other part is, is you can put it back in one water and it, you can remold it to your mouth the next game. Uh, so really, really cool stuff coming out of CC Mouth Guards, and we appreciate their sponsorship. But let's head right into the top 20. Last night, Duke covered the spread on a 10-5 win over High Point. They also were under. It's a 15 goal. A lot of people on Twitter were talking about how 18 and a half was a little too low. A lot of people taking the over there, but uh, looks like uh, the guys at Las Vegas Times nailed everyone, which is, I mean, they don't hit them all, but sometimes they do, and this one was the case. But we'll start with the first game going in. We've got UNC favored by nine goals. Uh, to Furman, they're going to Furman. Not that it's a far road trip for them, uh, but the over/under here is 22 goals. Guard, talk to me. Uh, I mean, I I feel so bad for Richie Mead. I keep every time I look at Lax Power to check out the score, he's always losing by like half a goal, which is <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. Um, I mean, they lost to Vermont, I think, right? Um, yeah, OT one and by one in the OT and a lot of people know this, but Richie Mead coached at UNC before he coached at Navy. Um, so I think UNC is a big game for him. Nine points. Oh God. I can't, I can't go against Bresh. He's my high school teammate. So I'm going to him and him and Metsy, I'm going to have to go with them. And, uh, and I'm going to go with the over just because I think Carolina is going to control the ball at X. I don't think Furman has, has enough face-off guys in the second half. I don't think they're even going to touch the ball. So I'm Jimmy. going Carolina in the over. Great. I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to take uh, take the under. At nine points is a lot. Uh, Coach Mead does a, does a fantastic job. I think they were, what, 0-4 in one-goal games last year. So it'll be closer. Uh, they have, uh, obviously, a little bit of tape on, on UNC – uh, but I'm going to take Furman, uh, and I'm going to go with an over. AJ. All right. Um, as I said in past couple podcasts, I think this is the year of Carolina's defense. Um, I'm I agree with Garth 100. I think I think Stephen Kelly's going to control the X. I think he's frankly the best faceoff guy uh, in the country. I, I think he's I think he might be. Um, a, a player of the year type candidate just in the way that he controls so much of the game. And I think that Carolina takes a major step forward defensively this year. So I think they're going to hold Furman down. And, you know, Metsy in his third year, uh, he's the best offensive coach out there. And I think that they're going to put up seven, 16, 17 goals. And I think they hold Furman down to five. So. Uh, again, that's right on the 22 mark. I, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Carolina um, laying nine 
and I am also going to take the over, hoping that Bresh coaches to cover, like Joe Pa used to. <laughs> I've got I've got Carol, Carolina covered last week on eight and a half against UMBC. I think that Furman is a better team than UMBC. Um, I've got Carolina here covering nine. And I've got the over as well because I think that uh, very much the same justification that Andy had with 17, 18 goals. I do think that Furman will get a couple more than, say, five. Um, but those are towards the end of the game for a little bit of a backdoor cover here. So I've got Carolina minus nine, and I've got the over on that one. Next up is a big one. Maryland, Navy going to Annapolis uh, to play in uh, to play Navy. We've got Maryland favored by four and a half goals to Navy here. Navy coming off a loss against uh, Johns Hopkins. Uh, but the over-under here is 20 and a half. Garth, what do you got here? I am. I got to see Maryland play in a scrimmage uh, two Saturdays ago, and I saw something I've never seen before. I saw Matt Rambo get the ball at X, and then he ran around the goal, and he had a pick at goal line extended, and then he had a pick at 45 degrees, and then he ran around and got to he got to the center of the cage from 17 and shot it, and the goalie never saw it. He just turned around. And, and I've never. I, I'd like to get two picks to get a shot, and uh, he got. He ran halfway around the goal. Uh, he's incredibly good. Uh, one of the better kids I've seen, and I can't figure him out to save my life because he, he just kind of looks like a big meatball out there. He does. Um, the goalie was not great, but I think will be passable. Defense played good. Faceoffs, they were really good. I didn't like what I saw from Navy last week. I'm going to go Maryland, like in a 15-5 game. I'm going to go Maryland in wow. the under. Wow! Wow! I think Damn. I think Maryland blows. I don't think Navy. Uh, I think Navy. Navy lives and dies on the faceoff. People don't realize it, but they play really hard on the faceoff. Um, they, they gave Yale Yale a, tr- a lot of trouble last year, and, and um, yep. I, I think Maryland's really stepped their game up on the faceoff. So. Um, I'm going with them. They got a big giant guy. I don't know who he is, but he's he's tough as nails. Henningsen, stud. He's yeah. a stud. Timmy. All right. Uh, you know, one of my uh, best friends growing up went to the Naval Academy, grew up 20 minutes uh, from the academy. Love it. Love the tradition. Coach Soul's done a nice job. He's been given some time there. But uh, Casey Reese, you watched uh, Navy last year against Brown. He had five goals, five of their 10. He's such a dynamic player right. that they don't have this year. Uh, I do like Kern, though, the freshman in goal. I know he only had about a 45% save average against Hopkins, but I really like his style of play. They've got some answers there. But I, I, I've got to go four and a half. I've got to go uh, I've got to go Maryland in the over. AT. Um, yeah, this is a really – I tell you, these LBL guys really do a good job because it puts you, puts you right in an uncomfortable position. <laughs> uh, I think that I, I think Brittany Dove's a top seven face-off guy in the country. And I think he is uh, awesome. Obviously, for those that watched the Hopkins game, I thought he crushed a great group. Statistically, it didn't reflect actually how much he dominated. However, today he's going to lose. Their group is going to lose. Maryland has the best face-off group with Isaiah Davis, another hyphenator. Um, uh, <laughs> and in at the X. I see Maryland winning the draws, and I see Maryland playing slowly, 
and I just don't see Navy having enough momentum. I see like 11 to four victory for Maryland. So I'm going to take Maryland, but I'm going to take the under. I'm going to go the opposite. All you guys have Maryland. I think that Navy's got a little bit in them. Um, I do think that Johns Hopkins is a stronger squad than people are reading into. Um, and so from that standpoint, uh, coupled with the fact that you got the kid, Jack Ray, who is, you know, the next Garrett Sewell of the Patriot League. Um, and you've got yourself, Grayson Train. Um, you've got a great goalie. I do agree with you, Tim. I love, and I loved him in the process, too, when he was a recruit. I love Ryan Kern and what he brings to the table. People also don't realize, I'm pretty sure he's not a true freshman. He went to the Naval Prep first. So that is also an added bonus, uh, if, if I am correct, where he's not coming into college across necessarily like a normal freshman would. He's had experience there, so that helps. So I do have him covering four and a half. Um, I do have Maryland winning outright. Um, I just think that despite, I think the Brady Dove and Henningsen matchup is going to be a fun one. I do think Henningsen uh, does lift up that matchup. Rambo is going to be a little bit too much for the Naval defense, but they do have a good defense. So this is going to be a fun game to watch. I've got the over on this one. I got Maryland um, or maybe plus four and a half. And I've got the over. We got like a 10 or 12, 11 type game or 12, 10 type game. Next one up, number 16, Villanova, favored by six and a half against New Jersey, Monmouth, Garth. What do you got? The over-under on this one is 23. Uh, I think that, you know, Villanova last year with their quick start, I think they were the seven and one at one point. They got up to, I think, as high as number four or five um, and then ran into the Brown buzzsaw. I was at that game (laughs) with – I was at yeah, that with game me. with Tommy Towers, and uh, I'll be honest with you, that game could have it could have been twenty to one in the first half. Before, Brown before or, or after the casino? Did you guys go to the casino before <laughs> or after that? Day? <laughs> it sure was enough. before. It was a beautiful day, actually. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that these Forcaro kids, they got one more year together under their belt. Um, you know the. I, I like him. I don't know. I, there's something about Villanova that makes me want to root for him. I don't really understand the yep. coach that well, just because he never recruits any of our kids. Um, he won't <laughs> even return our phone calls. I don't even think. But uh, I like I like Jack Curran, Fakara, and the Fakara brothers. I think I'm going to go with Villanova, and I'm actually going to go with the under just because of the weather. I think it's. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a big believer you can score that many goals in this weather. Jimmy. All right. I actually, uh, my, uh, my one year as a volunteer at the college level was at Rutgers and our face-off man was, uh, the Monmouth head coach, Brian Fisher, love what Fisher's yeah. doing, had uh, some great experience, obviously with his timeout in Notre Dame, but I think the Ficaros are going to cover the spread by themselves. So I'm going to go with, uh, go with Villanova and I'm going to go with the over. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I'm with both of these guys. I think that the Fercaros, I think they're nephews of Vinny and Steven Sobrato, if I'm not correct. I think this is the game where uh, Jake Fercaro scores 10 goals, uh, as he's done once a season for the last three years or eight years, however long he's been there, although I'm really not in a position <laughs> to like make fun of longevity. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, Nova's going to be too much for them. Um, 
23 goals is a lot. I think Fish does an awesome job at Mammoth, but I just think that Nova has a unique offense. I think they're going to win the faceoffs with Paul Medeso, and they're just going to have too much offense. I see them winning 75, 80% of the draws, and, and Mammoth not have an answer for them on the defensive end. So I've got uh, Nova, and I've got the over. I've got Villanova in this one as well. You got the, you said the over. You said twenty three. Yes, a lot. over. Nova over. You got the over. It is a lot, but okay. I still I'm still taking it. I got Villanova minus six and a half. I do think the Fricaros. It's the Fricaros going to be great, but I really think the difference maker, as you mentioned, at is Paul Modesto. That is going to be the difference maker for Villanova. Um, and I do have the over in this one because I do think it gets one-sided in the end of the game. I think Fish does a great job in keeping his team corralled for the first three quarters, but I think four is too much against the Wildcats out of Nova. Uh, Next up, you got Rutgers, number 19 Rutgers, favored by four and a half against the Johnnies from um, Queens. We've got 20 over under, very low. Garth, what do you think here? Uh, I like I like Rutgers this year. I think they did a lot of good things at the end of last year that really kind of started to scare people. I like the way they play. Um, I like the I like Hennenberg. Uh, I think he's a good player. I think um, this kid. I think it's Edelman. Is that is it Edelman, the goalie? Um, he's a great player, and I got a guy in town named Jamie Connolly, who tells me every day how great they are. So uh, I'm going to go with Rutgers uh, just because if I didn't, I'd get in trouble. And I'm going to go with the under again. And I said there's a kid, Altman's, that you ought to look out for, a very good player. Um, see what he does this week for Rutgers. He's, gonna, he's kind of a newbie. But I'm going Rutgers in the under. Awesome. Jimmy. Great. Rutgers, the site of my first ever lacrosse game in college. Uh, also uh, very familiar with uh, Coach Brecht. Uh, he was on that same staff, uh, my time at Rutgers, and uh, Brian did a great job at Siena, obviously, moved to Loyola, and now it's the helm of Rutgers. Early in the season, I know they've got some injuries, uh, very high on their on their young goalie as well. So I'm going to take Rutgers in the under. AT. Uh, I'm a huge fan of both of these coaches, Jason Miller, uh, you know, he's, he's done a great job. He struggled last year and they lose a lot off a team that didn't have a lot last year. Um, you know, and I think Brian Breck has Rutgers going in the right direction. Clearly, I think that they, I don't know if they got screwed, but they were a, a top team last year that put fear into anyone that they stepped in the field with. Um, even though they lost uh, a great offensive player, during the preseason, I think that uh, they're going to have more than enough on the offensive end. I got Rutgers and the over. I have – see, I want to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm okay with losing this pick because I want the Johnnies to be good, but I feel like if they don't cover here, uh, they're in deep trouble. Um, and especially with exactly the reasoning that AT has, I'm going to take Johnny's plus four and a half here. And because I, I like St. John's has just not been very good over the last few years. And they've had some seriously good players 
um, one making a massive impact at uh, the next level on the MLL right now. And I just feel like, look, if there's a season, you got to look to this season as being the big one. So, um, you know, they've got to make an impact now. I'm going to take um, – I apologize. What's the over under on this one? This one 20, is 20, 20. I'm going to take the over on this one. I think 20 is a little too low for these two teams. I think they're going to shoot. Um, so I've got 20 uh, over on 20. Next up, we got Hopkins at homeward versus UMBC. Um, the spread is seven goals and the over under is 23 and a half. What do you got here, Garth? Uh, who's, what's, what's the home team here? They're driving Hopkins. Hopkins. Street, UNBC is driving six minutes to Hopkins. <laughs> I think Hopkins is really underrated this year. I, I went down and watched them play against Denver. Uh, I was right on the sidelines, and it was one of the first – I don't know why, but the last couple of years I just felt like Hopkins was missing some midfielders that were athletic. And yes. when I asked Daddy Russ why they can't recruit athletic midfielders, he said, well, they're – they have them, but they're always hurt. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I think they had like three guys that were hurt. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was not impressed with, um, or I shouldn't say not impressed. I was impressed with Hopkins so much that I wasn't impressed with Denver. It was a real battle. And uh, I, I like Hopkins this year. I think they'll cover uh, the seven and I'm going to take the under again. I still think I'm a, I'm a cold weather guy. I don't think you can score as many goals in the cold weather. So, Jimmy, great uh, UMBC, similar to Navy. First two games of the uh, of the year for them uh, against potential uh, Final Four teams, uh, but uh, I think Rymo is going to do a great job. Uh, I have uh, my two older brothers, uh, or both uh, All American defensemen at UMBC, got a soft spot in my heart. But I just love what I saw uh, from uh, from Hopkins. They were running nine guys, I think twenty seven overall, just in the first three quarters of the game. Uh, they're going to figure some things out. The Stanwick wasn't even that big of a factor uh, in the in the game against uh, against Navy, but uh, they got solid goaltending uh, uh, with Logan there. Really like his style of play. Loved how he played uh, for those years at uh, at Michigan. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, with Hopkins and the over. Uh I agree with both Garth and Timmy here. I think that. Uh, Joel Tinney changes this team. He, he's, he's, he's a first-team All-American candidate at midfield for sure. I think that Craig Mataraz, uh, you know, wins 65% of the draws. Uh, I agree with Timmy. I think Gerald Logan gives them consistency in the goal that they have not had in the last few years there. And beyond that, I think he gives them consistency on the clear. I think they cleared at 90% versus Navy, and Navy is a good riding team. Uh, I, I see JHU enjoying their ability to put up big numbers on the offensive end. I like JHU and the over. I like JHU as well. I like JHU minus seven. I think that that's, it's going to be too much at the buzzsaw for UNBC early. And I've got the over as well. Next up, Fairfield goes all the way down to Richmond and probably one of the bigger, weirder lines is that the favorite is not the home team. You've got Fairfield favored by one uh, going into Richmond, and then you also have the over-under at 19, very low. What do you got here, Garth? Well, I, 
I'm a little bit worried about <laughs> Richmond this year. I, you know, at the end of last year when they had some injuries, uh, you know, especially that UVA loss, which was very uncharacteristic. Uh, you know, it, it felt like that team's psyche got broken a little bit. Um, and I know Chamati pretty well through uh, Mike Regan, a mutual friend of uh, AT. You guys know him pretty well. I think they're going to bounce back. I'd, I'm going to take Richmond at home just because I really like their stadium. I think it's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be it, – it's going to be pretty good weather. And uh, there's going to be sundresses and hopefully a little sunshine. So I'm going to go Richmond to – I do like Fairfield a lot this year, but I'll take Richmond in one. And the over. And the over. Jimmy. Great. I'm going to go with uh, one of my clients. His grandson is Will Fox, who is uh, one of the uh, face-off men for Fairfield. Have a, have, have a nice ta- have exactly. They have a really nice tandem there. I think that's going to allow them to uh, to control the game. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Fairfield and the over. Uh, I am going to go with. Um, I, I think Richmond. I think both these teams are really well coached. I think Richmond's a little bit better coached. I, I I really love the job that Shimani has done. But I'm with Timmy. I think that uh, I think Fox wins the faceoffs for Fairfield. I like the Fairfield goalie. Uh, Tyler Baring better. I like the return of uh, their entire defense. They got some good long poles. Even though it's at Richmond, I think that Fairfield covers this. I see about a 10-8 win. So I'm going to take Fairfield and just under. Uh, so it's me, and uh, I just, I'm coming back to reality here. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I've got Richmond, or excuse me, I've got Fairfield covering this. I think Fairfield is going to be a big-time team this year, and it's going to scare a lot of people. So I've got Fairfield in this one, and then I have the over. I think there's going to be a lot of goals scored in this one. Uh, next up, we've got Penn State going to Geneva, favored by four goals over under 20-and-a-half. Garth, we're going to start with you. This is an interesting one as well. Uh, I'm a big Penn State fan believer this year. I think that, you know <laughs> – Tambroni can only get so unlucky so many times. I think he's this kid, Grant Ament, is a fantastic player. I don't know if you've seen him play. But I don't know how he does, you know, five nine, one sixty five. He's a he's real I, I get my kid to watch him play on YouTube just because he, he runs at right. full speed with his head up, left handed and right handed, which is to me the goal of an ex attackman if you can do that. You can do a lot of damage, you know. Uh, five nine one sixty five, so Garth. That's like the same measurements as a lot of the girls you dated in Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the horse riders, the the ones that are on the equestrian team. Hockey pit, the the the, the Cooperalls. You got to get you got to fight past yeah. the Cooperalls. Yeah. I would. I mean, could, what would you do to five nine one sixty five? I think you'd kill the kid. You'd, <laughs> oh, by the way, that long waiting period was about as long as it took for Darren Lowe to pass you the ball. You just wait and wait and wait. <laughs> just wait. Just keep, I just kept cutting. I, I, and if you didn't pass it, I'd just start cutting myself. <laughs> just cut and recut. I'd draw the blinds and cut myself. Jimmy, what do you got? <laughs> Jimmy, what do you got? Quick, end this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, had the fortune to uh, watch uh, Grant Ament uh, at Project 9. Reminds me a lot of, uh, to no surprise, Mark Millen. Um, I'm worried about Penn State and the goal. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, four points. I'll go with Penn State. Uh, they will cover, and it will be an over. And the over. Garth, what did you have? You had Penn State in the over as well? Yeah, Penn State over. Penn State over. Uh, I am with this. I'm with these guys. I, I like Penn State winning all the faceoffs. I think their offense is going to be too hard to hold down for Hobart. I see him putting up 18 goals. I see about 18 to 12. So I'm going to take Penn State. And I'm going to take the over. I am taking Geneva. I'm taking Hobart in this one. I'm taking Hobart to cover the points. And in terms of the over-under, I think that 20 and a half is, is a very low score. The kid, Mac O'Keefe, is, is going to be great. I, I know Grant Immense is just a powerhouse in terms of what he brings to the table. Our series is going to be great this year, but four, four goals is a lot. And I feel like it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. They're also playing indoors up there in Geneva. That actually could benefit Penn State in the end. I've got, I've got Hobart plus four, and I've got the over in this one. Next up. Denver at home playing number 17 Air Force coming off a big win at Duke favored by three and a half goals. The over under here is 22. What do you got here, Garth? Like I said, I got, I got to see Denver play and you know, I, I was waiting and waiting and waiting to see something Denver like, you know, uh, the Cirque du Soleil of lacrosse. And I did not see it. Uh, I think they missed Zach Miller. I really do. Yes. And yep. Connor Conazaris, or however the heck you say his name, um, he people think he's an on-ball player. He really is, is very crafty off the ball, and there was nobody getting him the ball. Uh, I didn't see them playing as fast. I'm going to take – I don't know any of Saramit's players, but I know him personally, and he's a great coach, a great guy. I think that this team, just looking what they did to Duke, I'm going to take Air Force and three-and-a-half, and I'm going to go with uh, the under – Jimmy. Great. I can't figure out Denver. Uh, they ended the season a very strange note for uh, for a Bill Tierney coach club. Uh, two one-goal losses at home, uh, which was surprising. Uh, mixed reviews, as Garth had alluded to in the in the uh, in the spring. Uh, plus, uh, my uh, my other brother Mike uh, was a graduate of the Air Force Academy, uh, so got a little soft spot there. Uh, Saramit's a great coach. Uh, I think this is a great great rivalry. Great game. I'm taking Air Force and the over. AT? Uh, I'm with these guys. I think Eric Saramet does an unbelievable job. He's one of the best coaches out there. Uh, last year's game, I think Denver came back to score two goals down the stretch and sleepwalked for a lot of this contest. And even though they won, um, I, I, I think that I think that game gives this Air Force team confidence that they can beat Denver. So I also am going to take the goal. I like Air Force, and I like the under. R.D. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I have Denver covering this. I have Denver three and a half here. I think that the Air Force team in general is going to be great. I think Trevor Baptiste is going to be too strong in this. Um, and despite the goalie situation and obviously them recovering with Doug Gaucho, which is huge 
added benefit, the freshman coming in and stepping in huge. I just think the talent at Denver is just going to be too strong. Plus, it's an opener for them, a home opener for them. So I've got Denver covering this three and a half. And I've got the over. I think in order for Air Force to actually cover this spread, they've got to score goals. And so um, I've got the over on 22. We've got three games left, gentlemen. Two easy, relatively easy picks, depending on how you view the spreads. And then, of course, we have the IYF and probably national game of the week. Next up, Syracuse at home in the dome, favored seven and a half against Siena. Over under 22. Garth, what do you got here? I'm, I'm a big fan of Syracuse in the next couple of years. The reason is they've started redshirting uh, an enormous amount of players. So... You're, they started last year, I think. They they had a couple the year before. So you're going to start seeing guys that are 22, 23. It's going to be like Yale hockey. Everybody, the average age is 24 years old. Um, these kids, uh, Mariano, uh, Sergio Salcido, I think is a great player. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Syracuse this year. I think they're going to roll the ACC and maybe – Uh, maybe all the way to the championship. I'm going Syracuse, the over, and uh, I think they'll cover 22. They might score 18 goals in this game. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going with Cutes. I think they have one of the best first midfield lines uh, in in the country. We'll see how they develop an attack, but I'm going to take Cutes and the over. AT. I think Cutes wins every single face-off. I think their first midfield is too much. <laughs> I don't see Sienna even putting up much of a fight. I think Cuse gets to gets to twenty. I can see twenty to five, something like that. I got Cuse in the over. I don't think Cuse, I don't think Sienna's ever covered this game. Uh, in the this is it seems like a national uh, uh, opener for Syracuse and Sienna every year. I remember the spread being just as similar last year, and Syracuse covering. I've got the same, and I've got the over. I do think Sienna will score goals. Uh, but I do have Syracuse covering. Next one, Duke, Cleveland State. We've got a 12-point favorite for Duke on the brand-new team in Cleveland State. 19 goals is the over-under, which is interesting coming off the heels of a 15-goal total performance in the game against the uh, high point. You're probably going to expect a similar performance or style of play from Cleveland State, but is it enough, and can they get to 12 goals? Garth, what do you got here? I it's I have a hard time <clears throat> picking against Duke, but I'm going to go with Cleveland State and the over just because all dirt roads lead to Durham, and my college girlfriend <laughs> went to Duke, and I had to drive there every other weekend. So I just really I can't I can't I'd never pick Duke. I would pick I, I wouldn't pick them against New Canaan High School. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Timmy, what do you got so here? Good. Timmy, what do you got? All right, I, I actually was able to watch the Cleveland State-Michigan game from last week as uh, the uh, uh, Lafayette uh, is taking on Michigan, so I got to watch uh, that game. Very fundamentally sound, very young, not very deep. Um, you know, I think it's it's great for them, the schedule that they're playing. They're going to learn how to be a great team. Uh, but I, I, I got to go with Duke in the over. A.T., um, I I just don't think Duke has found their stride offensively. I, I'm not sure 
that uh, that their offense is very scary. I'm not sure that their defense is very scary. I know that Kyle Rill faceoff X is very serious, so they're going to win the faceoffs. But I just don't. They just don't look like they're um, you know very scary team at this point. I'm looking at their at their guys, and none of those guys really strikes fear into you. Uh, and they've always had a couple of guys or more that have that have done that. Even even Gunnarding, who's their high score, I don't know. I'm not sold on Duke's offense. I like CSU, uh, and I like the under here. That is uh, that is that's interesting. I, Twelve goals is big, man. Twelve goals is huge. But I got I got Duke. I got Duke covering twelve, and I have the over on this one. Um, I just think it's a little too much for CSU. They got to go all the way to Durham. That's going to be a tough road trip in itself. So I've got Duke in this one. Last game, last game of the rundown. We've got two of our guests, alma maters, on this one. At home, number five Loyola, Tim McGinney's alma mater, going against number fifteen, Garth Apel's alma mater. Loyola in this one is favored by one and a half. The over-under here is 24 and a half. This is, if they think what they, this is going to happen, it's going to be a Brown uh, whole re, re, uh, rebirth of Brown in Charlottesville. Uh, Garth, talk to me about UVA this year and potentially what's going to happen on this weekend. Yeah, so I think the first uh, first scrimmage that they had against UMBC and Bucknell, Virginia was really trying to figure out how to how to play this style. They didn't do much scrimmaging in the fall. In fact, they might not have scrimmaged at all. They did mostly uh, individual uh, learning sessions. So it's going to take a little while. It looked good against Maryland. I mean, I was there in the stands, and Maryland was kind of like, what the heck is going on? These guys never come off the field. They're putting Docs Aiken and Ryan Conrad on defensive midfield, which is just outrageous. I mean, the fact that if the ball gets in their sticks on one end of the field, those two guys are phenomenal athletes. Last year's game, um, UVA shot 10%. They outshot Loyola by, I think, 15 shots. Loyola shot 33%. Um, Loyola, Virginia beat them in ground balls. Um so, you know, this game is really going to be determined in the cage. Uh, that's, you know, the way I look at it is if our goalie can hold up. Um, I think face-offs, they'll have a slight advantage, but we're getting better because we're putting better guys on the wing. I'm going to go Virginia. I think we can win by two goals, and I'm going to go the under. I'm, I'm not a, I don't think we'll get up there. I think it's an 11-9 game. Jimmy, talk to me about Loyola. Great. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this squad. Ryan, you mentioned two uh, two days ago on your podcast about a sophomore slump for Pat Spencer, but you got to throw in Jacob Stover in there as well. Another sophomore. And unfortunately, the sophomore slump is something that yeah, the sophomore slump is something that I, I know a lot about because uh, uh, the one year I wasn't an All-American happened to be my sophomore year. So it does exist. Uh, but uh, I'm confident that those guys will be ready to go. They just have a great coaching staff. Question, will Romar Dennis step up? You know, you've mentioned also uh, his issues with the accuracy. He's a phenomenal athlete. He can beat almost anyone off the dodge, so we'll see. They're not very deep offensive midfield-wise, but I do think Loyola has a fantastic rope unit. I think their short stick D meaties, Bagley, Mitts, Higgins are all excellent. Uh, LSM's Fournier from Canada. 
uh, Davliakos and McNulty. Ryan McNulty, the number one inside lacrosse recruit, they're just trying to get him on the field. Uh, and uh, they're going to run him at poll. Uh, Fournier and Dav, I think, are 21 and 11 combined, so they can score. Um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, Jacob Stover changed his number to zero. I'm not a, not a big fan of that, but I guess his dad, who was uh, a, a great kicker for uh, for the Ravens uh, and the Browns, he wore number three. So I guess Stover is uh, pinning himself uh, with uh, with getting some <laughs> shutouts there. But uh, you know, it, it's also interesting. Uh, you know, Van Arsdale, as uh, Charlie Toomey said, he was the biggest recruit of of the off season. He spent 21 seasons at UVA. Um, UVA is a ground ball machine. Um, you know, they were number two last year in ground balls per game behind Brown, uh, five out of the last eight years, they were top two in ground balls. So we know that's a known entity. That's not going to change. Um, goaltending as Garth had said, although, you know what, Kip Turner did a fantastic job at Brown, obviously tutoring Jack Kelly, but then don't forget Matt Chris and Will Round were also all Ivy. So he's going to do a wonderful job. I just don't know if it's going to be enough. Unless a Kevin Pelkey can come out of the stands like he did against Loyola in 91. He scored Kevin Pelkey in 91 against Loyola, had seven goals and three assists. I've got to go with the, with my Greyhounds and the over. AT. Love it. Uh, you know, look, I, I, think, I think Virginia has a slight advantage at the faceoff X. I think they win, you know, 55%, something like that. I think Loyola definitely has the advantage in the goal. Um, I think that you're going to see a much different, much more explosive Virginia team. I think they have one of the best returning defenses in the country, arguably the best defending pole, and Mike Howard is a stud. I just think that it's going to take them a little while to find their footing on the offensive end. And if this game was played at the end of the year, I, I may take Virginia, but I just think that Patrick Spencer is going to have eight points when it's all said and done. I think that Charlie and Maddie, Bakeness, those guys are, are arguably the best staff um, out there. And I think that uh, I think Loyal is going to be too much for them today. Uh, Virginia is going to score more goals than they have in the past, but I see it being about 15 12 Loyola. So I'm going to take Loyola and the over. I mentioned before that I think Virginia is going to start a lot faster this year as opposed to years past. I think they stayed out at the end of the year. Uh, in my case, I've got Virginia in this one covering. And then I definitely have uh, Loyola finishing stronger than a Virginia team would at the end of this year's just purely in the half of what Lars is going to bring to the table early. And then uh, I will have the over. I think it's going to be a huge game as well. Our first 30 plus goal game of the season. Um, but uh, that is it for the show. Uh, thank you I'm so changing much, mine. I'm changing mine to the over. I'm changing mine to the over. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Oh boy. It's documented, Garth. It's documented. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming on the show, man. It's huge, huge to have your perspectives. I really appreciate it guys. Good luck today, guys. Great. I'm going to West School to watch Ty Towers dominate some other eighth graders. It could be a 10-9 girls basketball game. <laughs> I love it, Thanks guys. Later, Thanks fellas. A lot. See ya.